Welcome to the Brownstoner podcast. I'm your host, Josh Schneps, publisher of Brownstoner. My guests today are Julie Cohen and Nick Ferrone, real estate agents with Compass's Cohen Ferrone team. Welcome, Julie and Nick. Hey, thanks, Thank Josh. Thank you. Great to have you guys both here. So nice. you both have been living and working in Northwest Brownstone, Brooklyn for many years now. You specialize in areas such as Cobble Hill, Carroll Gardens, the Columbia Street Waterfront District, Brooklyn Heights, and Park Slope. So what are some of your favorite things about the Northwest Brooklyn Waterfront and what's special about it? Maybe we'll start with you, Nick. Sure, yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, someone asked me the other day when I was showing in my building, we live on Tiffany Place in the Columbia Street Waterfront District. Actually, we've been here for 22 years. And they asked me what I, what I would change about the neighborhood, if anything. And we love it, of course, that's why we've been here for so long. But I said, you know, if, if you were to ask my daughter, who's was four when we moved in is 26 now, what she would want to change. She feels like it's a little too far afield maybe, but we kind of like that part of Columbia Street Waterfront District. It's just sort of, it's kind of nice to be a little off the beaten track, I guess, a little out of the way, especially these days. Otherwise, you know, I love the way the neighborhood's changed over the years we've been here. It's been kind of exciting to see, you know, some things have remained the same. Some things have, have changed. It's a nice diverse area, I feel, uh, and creative. It's a good good place to to be. Yeah, Great I feel like work. Columbia Street Waterfront District is almost its own little enclave there. True. It's a, probably are, like, sorry? What about some of the other neighborhoods around there that have been obviously, you know, uh, neighborhoods that have been established for, for quite some time on the residential side, like Park Slope and Cobble Hill and Carroll Gardens? Well, I lived in Park Slope before uh, living over here for a long time. I lived all over Park Slope, Plaza Street, First Street, uh, all over. Um, and love the slope. I mean, love being near the park. Uh, again, I love the history of these neighborhoods. Park Slope, uh, you know, we lived on St. Mark's between 4th and 5th back in the 1980s. 5th Avenue was, you know, broken glass, litter, empty storefronts same with smith street too if you told me back then that they'd be hip happening thoroughfares i would have said you were crazy but um yeah it's just uh they're fun spots they've come a long way that's for sure yep julie what are your thoughts on those neighborhoods well being close to the water is huge for me i personally like the combination of residential industrial and converted spaces and for me, Brooklyn Bridge Park gives everybody in Brooklyn a bit of nature and outdoor space, which is very uh, important right now. Also, we have the best views of Manhattan. And I would say that access to the water is the most special in my opinion. I've been in Brooklyn Heights and Cobble Hill for almost 30 years. And, and like Nick, I also love the history and uh, the architecture, and it, it really feels dynamic to me in many ways. Yeah, that waterfront is certainly a crown jewel of the borough. So to each of you, how has COVID affected the real estate landscape in your areas of expertise? And what are your predictions going forward? I was kind of surprised. I've been surprised about how the markets responded. I mean, there's always a market in real estate, but I honestly thought that when COVID began, it was felt pretty bleak. You know, we couldn't work for two or three months there. Um, and I thought the market was gonna 
be kind of down in all categories. But surprisingly, right now, below a million dollars, the market's pretty robust. Uh, rates are low. A lot of young people are buying, investing in the future of New York, which is really great. So that part of the market's been pretty solid. We had a sale at 44 Cheever that went really well. We thought it wouldn't do as well as it did, but we were surprised by that one at, in the $900,000 range. Townhouses are doing pretty well because there are enough people that need to get out of their apartments that don't have to move to the suburbs, so they're supporting that market. A family-sized apartment with no outdoor space, that, that segment's taking a, a pretty big hit, you know, as we all understand. Um, families need more room and more outdoor space if you're working from home and trying to school your kids on a computer from home too. Got to get out. That's why the market in the suburbs is up. 25, 30%. Other things we've had to adapt to uh, doing tour videos, that sort of thing. We've uh, gotten up on there pretty quickly. Julie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, for, for both of us, it's the market has never been busier. Um, so many people are moving and um, we kind of call it a housing reshuffle. Um, there's a lot of migration within Brooklyn, out of Brooklyn. After being stuck inside for so many months, outdoor space tends to go very quickly. It's extremely competitive. And as, as far as where I think the market's going, I do think it's going to be a buyer's market and even a tenant's market for a little while. Wouldn't you agree, Nick? I think so too. I mean, yeah. yes, outdoor space is at a premium, but it has to be a certain type of outdoor space People are looking for grass, not paved outdoor spaces. Exactly. Uh, and how the market's going to shake out down the road. I mean, a lot depends on whether we get a vaccine for COVID pretty soon. Mm -hmm. If that's a while down the road, I don't know how well the market's going to do. I guess we'll know by spring where we are sort of medically in this process and how it's going to affect the market. Uh, hopefully we'll have positive news by then. Well, that's great insight. I, I appreciate you both sharing that. So, so both of you have been in real estate for many years and have been through many market cycles. Uh, in fact, Julie, you grew up in a real estate family because your dad was a broker in New Haven for 50 years. Wow. Yep. Would you say that it's a good time to buy or sell? Well, number one, my father told me there was really never a good or bad time to buy or sell. And in view of my own experience in the industry, I would agree. Every single person has a unique set of motivating circumstances in every type of market. So for now, first time buyers, since prices are down, there's a lot of value in the market. Um, if you've ever wanted outdoor space, a washer dryer, building amenities, there's more inventory now than there ever has been. And there's an incredible amount of new opportunities for new buyers. Yeah, that's what I think. My father always said, because my family is pretty involved in real estate, just sort of in the investment side. My father always said, never sell because you have to, sell because you want to. Exactly. And this, is, this type of market is a pretty good example. If you have got yourself in a situation where you have to sell, then you know the market's not necessarily gonna be in your favor, depending on what product you have. Won't be kind uh, to you. Right, exactly. But it's a great time to buy, great time to explore buying. Rates are really low. So, and as Julie said, there's a lot to choose from. It's Probably a, good a better buyer's market right now than a seller's market. 
I feel like interest rates just keep going lower when you never think they can. Yep. Free money. So Nick, I'd love to talk about your background. You used to be a graphic artist. Julie, you have an eye for staging and renovation. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, your Cabo Hill condo loft renovation and your design tips were featured in a three-part sponsored series on Brownstoner. So Nick, what would be your top advice to a client looking to sell their home in regards to how to prepare it for market? Uh, you know, it's sort of that advice I would give in this in, in the situation we've gotten ourselves into uh, involves doing video tours. I've learned, you know, when you do a video tour, you've got to show the closets. So I tell everyone now, <laughs> got to make your closets really organized and clean. Basic. And, and I'm like, don't show the closets. And he's like, <laughs> right. I have, have to show the closets. I'm like, show don't the show the closets. You have to on a video tour. People want to see what they they can, where they can put their stuff. Also wash your windows. That's actually something that a lot of people skip and it makes such a huge difference. And I'm more on the sort of handyman side, repair everything that is uh, loose or wobbly, no wobbly doorknobs, no loose hinges. You want everything to be in perfect working order. And then Julie's much better on the making it look its best side. I also, uh, I sort of whip my sellers into shape. I come in kind of like a general and I take no prisoners. And, uh, I, you know, it's a serious situation. You know, they have to bring their apartment to market and we need to show them how to do this. So basically we prepare homes by removing all personal items. And the challenge with sellers who live in the property is uh, we need to kind of like, let them know that they can no longer consider their home their home, which is interesting, but they need to emotionally detach. And this involves decluttering, minimal furnishings, clean bathrooms, immaculate kitchen appliances, like Nick said, organized closets. This is all obvious, but we also come in and we say white bed linens, bathroom towels, Etc. White, 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 white. Neutrals, huge difference. And um, we also bring in our own artwork and we edit what's there. And it makes a big difference, the artwork we find. I love how you guys pay attention to all the details because it yep. comes down to that. Absolutely. Yep. So what about for someone moving into a new home? What, what would you recommend in terms of smart and affordable changes that they can make to add value? I can go on for hours here, but uh, I don't think we have that much time. I guess I'll jump in. So there's lots of changes, smart changes you can make. And I, and I don't think people can go wrong with storage. Everyone needs storage. Everyone wants storage. So mm -hmm. if people don't have a large footprint, I tell them to look up, go up, go vertical. And this is what I did in my apartment. And this is what I recommend for everyone. So... You can do vertical built-ins, you can do extra storage spaces above, and it really lifts the storage up so you have more room below. This is another trick I do. I, I tell people to consider removing internal doors and closet doors, and I tell them to replace them with salvaged vintage or antique doors, because doing this, you add an architectural element that automated, automatically makes the space look richer and more interesting. I've done that. And quite a few of the people I've worked with have also done that and uh, it's very effective. And finally, uh, this is another trick. 
I, um, I suggest people add glass transoms above doors, bathrooms, and walk-in closets. It's a good trick for bringing in light um, to all areas of the apartment that might not have um, you know, natural sunlight. I even suggest adding glass doors wherever they can. It's very effective, not expensive, and it's a, it makes a huge difference. I'm a little more basic. I say paint the walls, <laughs> redo the floors before you move in. It's just so much easier to do it then when the place is empty. Um, and if you're in a in a building with us with a live-in super, it's, so it's never a bad idea to introduce yourself to the super, maybe ask them to do a little work in your place just to start off on the right foot with your super because that's an important person in your life now. I love your guys' advice. And my wife would too, because we have two kids and you can never have enough storage. Yeah, that, this is true. So let's talk about um, opportunity. What areas or types of property should potential buyers keep an eye on? What do you guys recommend? Uh, I, I'm really, I think uh, for, for that's really a question for first time buyers, I think, uh, unless you're an investor. Or just other emerging neighborhoods that maybe people within the borough are interested in, in learning about. I think uh, some really good neighborhoods, just sticking with first-time buyers, uh, would be Parade Grounds and Prospect Park South. There are some great uh, older co-op buildings that have some really nice, pretty cheap apartments. And uh, Prospect Leverage Gardens, the same thing. There are a couple of blocks off of Flatbush there in that neighborhood. There are a bunch of large co-op buildings that really good buy opportunities. You know, when you can buy a two-bedroom for eight hundred grand and a house down the block is selling for $1.8, million, you know it's a good buy. It's also just a great, really exciting, beautiful neighborhood over there. Yeah, and I actually think that, you know, I'm drawn to converted spaces and I, and I think that a, a lot of people actually are. So, so Brooklyn actually has a solid inventory of converted mills and factories and schools, places of worship. And um, they all have their own history, layouts, details. So I do think there's value in these types of properties based on their uniqueness and desirability. And uh, Nick and I both live in converted spaces, actually. So yeah. we love it. And a lot yeah, of people- Great do. architecture. Yep. So on to fun. What do you both like to do for fun when you're not working? Julie? Oh my God. Okay. So before COVID, my fiance- Julie the social would, butterfly. We would, yeah, I'm very, I am quite social. So we would have these- um, some people call them legendary, um, but we would have dinner parties, regular dinner parties. And we spent a lot of time cooking for friends and preparing these, um, these beautiful dinners. And it was a lot of fun. People call me the mayor of Cobble Hill. I think that's hysterical, but uh, be that as it may. Well, in during, a good way. <laughs> <laughs> so during COVID, you know, what are we doing? So we joined a wine club. That's been interesting. So uh, we're just, every month we get a new a, a new case and we're discovering wines from different regions of the world and that's been fun it also donates to different um, wineries and uh, there's a program there that exists so that's we like that and also this summer I uh, grew a successful herb garden and uh, wow. right now we're creating all kinds that of things herb. with the herbs rosemary oregano thyme mint sage we're um, doing compound butter which is kind of fun it's a new a new hobby. And then basically I have a passion for design and uh, home furnishing. So I'm kind of like online all the time and that seems to be my new obsession. So that's kind of what, what I'm up to right now. Very cool. What about you, Nick? 
Well, uh, I have a pit mix named Smith. He's about 60 pounds and he's, he's a lot of my, uh, a lot of my day. I'm, I'm at Hillside Dog Run up in Brooklyn Heights, usually twice a day, actually in the morning and the evening. I've been a big part of keeping that great dog run cleanly and well. I'm also a harmonica player. I was at Sunny's every Saturday night for the Bluegrass Jam, and I'm looking forward to when we can resume those. I really nice. miss that a lot. And we love live music, of course. So my wife and I used to go to lots of shows. We'll do that again. And we love to travel too. We, our last trip just at the end of February, just before COVID hit, we, were, we managed to get to uh, Mexico City for a week, which was amazing. Yeah. And right before COVID, we went to Japan. And we saw lots of people in masks and we were like, wow, that's interesting. And now look at us. Girl, do we miss travel? Now we have to daydream <laughs> until we can again. So I think, you know, we've talked through a lot of this, but I'd really love to pose the question to you guys again. But what are some of the reasons a client would want to work with you? And what do you guys bring to the table that's special? Well, I think we, uh, combined, we have about 50 years of real estate experience in, in the heart of Brooklyn. I think Julie and I are serious about our business practice. We understand and can empathize with our clients who are selling a you know home they've raised their kids in or starting to find the place that they're going to raise their kids in and all of that tale. It can be pretty fraught sometimes. I like to say we are we can be the calm center of the storm. Not that there always is one, but sometimes there is. And we try to keep a calm, cool head and do our best to get everyone on the same page to get a deal uh, to contract and to closing. I, I mean, I agree, you know, we are experienced, that's for sure. And um, I would say most of our business comes from repeat clients and referrals at this mm -hmm. point, right? Yep. And uh, we offer confidence of experience, right? Yeah. Yep, knowledge of the market. We're both effective we communicators, which is a big deal. And we also have a, a good, uh, set of resources as in attorneys to recommend, mortgage brokers, inspectors, stagers, architects, contractors, got to have a deep bench. Right. And that comes with experience. Yep. So we have that. That's for sure. If anyone needs a plumber, we have 10 to, 10 to refer, architect, landscape, <laughs> right. Right. all of it. We're just, we're stacked. We have it all. Well, listen, that comes with having the history and the experience that you guys both have. Yep. As two people that uh, are obviously very dedicated to Brooklyn, living in the borough, working in the borough, particularly in this profession, what inspires you about Brooklyn? Well, I guess I'll, I'll jump in. The diversity for me is the most interesting. And uh, with the rezoning of many areas, I feel that it's dynamic and an evolving place to live. And I also think the neighborhoods are intimate and I call it an urban village. I, I say that to a lot of my clients. For me, it's kind of cool to be on like I call it the continuum of Brooklyn history. Like I'm a bit, I'm a sort of amateur Brooklyn history buff. Like our building, I said, was a sandpaper factory. It's the Bear Sandpaper Factory, and the Bear Mansion is that orange brick mansion on the corner of Pierpont and Henry. That family used the proceeds from this, the factory that I'm sitting in right now, former factory, to build that beautiful home up there in Brooklyn Heights. So I love to sort of make those connections between the past and the present and understanding that where we are now is going to be considered the past to people 50, 100 years from now. They'll be looking back and being curious about the way we lived. So it's just fun to be part of that history of Brooklyn. Yeah, history is certainly a big part of the borough and the architecture, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Well, Julie and Nick, I have to say it was a lot of fun talking to both of you and getting to know you and your expertise as a team. And I thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Josh. Of course. Thank you. It was fun. Love Brownstoner too. Thank you so much. Been reading it since day one. I love it. I love it. Well, hopefully we continue to uh, evolve with the times. And I want to make sure that everyone tunes in to brownstoner.com to listen to all of our podcasts. Thanks so much. We will definitely be tuning in. Bye. You guys were terrific. Mm -hmm.